Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Irene Greeley is director of Multi-Cargo Limited. Now, she's been with the company since the beginning and they provide air and sea and road transport services. They also have a reputation for taking on the work that the, the others won't, so to speak. The larger companies in the industry can tend to turn down, such as live animals, sadly human remains. And they also work with bands touring the country, which I'm sure is quite exciting too. But Irene works full-time on the live animal and human remains services and she joins me now. Irene, good evening to you. Good evening, Niall. Thanks for inviting me. It's it's a very interesting job because I always love people with interesting and unusual jobs and I'm sure they get to see quite interesting things. Let's deal with the animals first, right? Um, yeah. It, it's like if you want to go away in Holliers and you want to bring the dog with you or you want to move and yeah. you want to bring the dog with you and you're going outside of... I'm assuming it's different outside the EU and within the EU. I'm assuming it's different, is it? It is, yeah. Is, I mean, within the EU, um, it, obviously, you can move with an EU pet passport to any EU country. And that's the only documentation that you're going to require. Uh, and to get that, how do you get the, how do you get a passport? You just apply. And I'm assuming your dog has uh, to be well, inoculated. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, um, most uh, the requirement for travel within the EU, you're going to have to have a rabies vaccination. Um, no matter what, a dog, cats, and ferrets can be covered under an EU pet passport. Okay. Um, so, um, and a, a rabies vaccination is required, and then there's a 21 day wait before they're allowed to travel. Okay. Um, now, when so you say they're allowed to travel, where, where can they travel? Are you, is there any airlines that I know some of the American airlines uh, on internal flights allow some dogs on board, but are there any, any yeah. Irish airlines or European airlines that allow the dogs basically sit on your lap? Um, there are possibly one or two that will allow them in cabin. There's a there's a different tier. Dublin Airport does not allow pets travel out of Dublin Airport as excess baggage. Mm. Um, now, my company, we deal with uh, manifested cargo pets, so we would actually transport pets as cargo. We don't really get involved in the uh, passenger accompanied pets because right. people are responsible for their own pets. Right. But... Um, in in 2021, Dublin Airport, they um, there was a new. Now, I'm I'm only speaking on this uh, from what we were told, but there was a, a new um, the, the the belt that brings live animals from the or and baggage that brings them from the um, the check-in desk down to the actual cargo area where they would be loaded into the baggage hold. Um, they changed the the infrastructure of that. And it became unsafe for a live animal in a crate to travel through that network. Okay. So Dublin Airport put a stop a stop on pets being taken out as excess baggage. Right. So that would be excess excess baggage means that you've you've bought a ticket, and you've paid an extra fee, and you turn up and you check your, in your pet. Your cat is in a box or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In cabin is different. In cabin is where they will. Uh, you, it's much the same. You you've bought a ticket. You, you show up with your pet, this tiny little thing that would fit under the seat where your handbag would go, um, okay. and that would be in cabin. There's some airlines still allowing cab, in cabin, um, but uh, they don't. Dublin Airport doesn't allow excess baggage, if that makes sense. The funniest thing I've ever seen, actually, many, many years ago, I went on an Aeroflot. There were Russian airlines. Yeah. Um, and they should have been yeah. called Aeroflop because of the mountain that crashed. But Aeroflot... 
and <laughs> it was so rough. But there was some guy had a donkey on the plane in the cabin. Oh, wow! <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember. I remember seeing a photograph from um, years ago. Uh, not well, maybe five or six years ago, when uh, United Airlines they literally allowed everything from um, in cabin excess baggage and um, emotional support. Oh, okay. Um, right, emotional and, and support. Some, some, somebody, somebody rocked up with a, an emotional support peacock. <laughs> and it was a photograph uh, that was displayed of that, an emotional support peacock. But they couldn't deny it because they allowed it. Of course. Um, that, that's, that's not allowed out of Ireland anyway. Okay, so in your, your department, you're but, dealing with the cargo. So, yes. So what yeah, happens, yeah, so I arrive, I arrive with Rover and I have a passport for Rover mm. and we're only going to Europe. Uh, so Rover, I'm assuming, is put into a crate. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And the crate has to be sized to the dog or a cat or um, whatever pet it's going to be. So obviously there are the, the, the crates come in different shapes and sizes um, and they, they are determined by the size of the, the pet involved. So you can go from like a small little Yorkshire Terrier up to a large, say, uh, Golden Retriever. Um, okay. And the crates come... A lot of them are pre-manufactured plastic crates and um, you can buy them in a pet store in some ways or, we, well, we, we supply them. We, we, we do have them in stock. Yeah. So, so, um, and who yeah. feeds so them? I mean, who, who waters them and feeds them? Well, water is always supplied. Like with every pet that travels as uh, manifested cargo, there is a container attached to the, to the door of the crate. Oh, okay. You wouldn't really want, to be, you wouldn't really want them to be fed while they're, they're not going to be fed on the plane. They're going into the cargo hold. Yeah. So they're not going to be fed on the aircraft. Yeah. And with all due respect, it's probably best that they're not. Yeah. Like I would advise my clients. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I would advise my clients not, like, and I would always send out, when I send out an itinerary to my clients, I'd say, please don't feed your pet just before they travel. Let them have a walk or a litter tray or something like that before you bring them up because if they soil the crate, I mean, the crate could be refused. Uh, being loaded onto an aircraft, you know, so um, right. okay. So we would always say, you know, take them for a walk, you know. Uh, Get, empty, give them, let them the clean time. themselves out a bit. <laughs> yeah, let them clean themselves out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, by the way, is it cold like in the cargo hold? Is it? Is it like... No, you know. it has... No, it has to be an ambient temperature. So, um, like, there's, a lot, there's some flights where um, that wouldn't be um, equipped to carry a live animal. Um like, but a lot of the, say, for example, like, a, I don't want to name particular airlines, but um, mm-hmm. some airlines would would not have a cargo hold that would have a temperature control. Okay. Um, and if they don't have a temperature control, they can't carry a live animal. That wouldn't be because safe. Because obviously, yeah. It'd be no, freezing. It's, 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 yeah. Exactly. So yeah. they can't load, they, you simply cannot load an, a, a pet into an aircraft that doesn't have temperature control. And it's ambient. So it's like, it's between sort of between say ten to fifteen to twenty degrees, and it fluctuates. So it it, it maintains um, mm-hmm. the the temperature inside the. the, the and so, if I'm going on holidays yeah. and I'm bringing Rover with me for three weeks, mm-hmm. do yeah. I just drop Rover off with you? Does he go in the same flight as me, or does he go in a different flight? And can I collect him straight away at the airport when I when I land, or is it a case of having to wait a couple of days? Or what? Well, how does that work? Does Rover go in the same flight? Uh, well, it, it depends on the airline. I mean, um, if the airline is uh, carrying, like, there's not many cargo flights, like just full cargo flights that go out of Dublin Airport mm. anymore. So, I mean, if the flight is going 
to a holiday destination um, like Malaga or um, Lisbon, one of those destinations, and that that aircraft carries a live animal, then yes, we can put your uh, we can book your flight your your pet on that same aircraft. But and it is traveling as uh, manifest a cargo, so you you drop your pet off at the cargo terminal. Yeah. And then you and then you collect on the other side at the cargo terminal. So it's not it's not done through the baggage system. Oh no, I know. I, yeah, I get I get that. Yeah. So, so yeah. and the, the other thing as well, has Brexit made any difference to you know traveling to the UK with an animal? Uh, well, to be honest, and um, in to to all the years that we've been doing this, it's very very rare. The UK is not one of our biggest uh, markets for um, transporting pets, uh, particularly on flights. Because basically, you can just take the ferry. You can just and take the if if somebody yeah. if yeah, and most and most people do, um, and we would recommend that to be honest, at, particularly at the moment with Brexit, because um, you can travel um, you can travel over on the ferry with an EU pet passport. Yeah. Um, if you go with if you go in an aircraft, or if you if you want us to book your flight your your pet on an aircraft, then you're going in and you have to deal with the UK customs. Um, and you have to deal with uh, the UK compliance checks as well because that now is part of the process. Okay. Um, it's much the same as there's pets coming in from the UK. If they come in on a flight, we have to we have to put them through EU compliance, which is a veterinary check. Yeah. Um, but if you're going back, if you are an accompanied, uh, if there, if your pet is accompanied going on the ferry. Then you just you can go over and back with an EU pet passport. It's very very. Okay, somebody just texted in by the way and said um, they said ask the mm. girl what is needed to get a passport for a dog. So what I was where would you very get that? Do you get it from the dog, the vet or something? Do you get it from a vet? Yeah, your local vet, your local vet would would just uh, usually provide uh, an EU pet passport. They fill out the they fill out the first couple of pages. They do the um, the vaccination, the rabies vaccination. And um, there you go. You're, yeah, You're a lot done. of vets would just have them. Okay, have them in stock. Yeah. Okay, so and they just provide it, and that's within yeah. the EU. Outside the EU, mm-hmm. I'm going. So I'm going to outside America, and I'm bringing Rover with me. I Rover. Yeah. Rover I don't. I, but by the way, I don't even have a dog called Rover. I'm just. <laughs> just isn't Rover. So Rover. Rover's coming to America with me. What's the plan? How do I get yeah. to America with Rover? Rover, well, actually, the US is probably one of the easiest um, destinations to get to from Ireland from a paperwork point of view, because the the US actually recognises Ireland as rabies free. But even at that, we still recommend everybody get them get their pet, you know, vaccinated. vaccinated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, for rabies. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we have a lot of direct flights going out of Dublin Airport into um, various airports within the US. So um, we use them all the time. Um, it's it's and they are not cargo flights; they're passenger flights. So we use them yeah. all the time going into the US. So it's 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 US is very easy. They all yeah. all they really need is a health a health certificate, vaccination record, and off they pop. Yeah. And whatever whatever happened to the days years ago when people used to say, "Oh, if you bring your dog on holidays, they have to go into quarantine for sixty days or all that kind of nonsense." Does that still no. happen? No, there's, there's there's no quarantine really anymore in Ireland um, if they're coming in. No matter where they're coming from, uh, the only reason why a pet would be quarantined coming back into Ireland would be if they if they if they don't have a proper rabies vaccination um, and they don't have the correct paperwork. And, and is there That's other the countries? What other countries that we might be going to? Um, will they have to be? Is there other countries that have quarantine laws that you know you have to put your quick yeah. pet? Okay, so which countries? Australia. Uh, 
Australia is one where it's a mandatory uh, either 10 days or possibly now they've, they've actually increased the quarantine uh, stay for some, some animals will have to do 30 days. Um, and uh, New Zealand is one where quarantine is, uh, is mandatory as well. So it's usually 10 days in, in, in New Zealand. Okay. All but right. Australia have changed their rules. Australia now is one of the most popular destinations uh, for people going out. I mean, it's, it's, and they have changed their rules over the last, um, just over the last couple of months. And um, yeah, it's a busy, busy country to try and get into at the moment for live animals. Okay, so, so be prepared. If you're going to Australia, yeah. you're going to be without Rover for 10 days. Oh, more than that. Oh, well, I mean, the process itself takes approximately seven months, but with the delay with permits at the moment, if there are people out there who are considering moving to Australia, um, you know, you're going to get started on the process. Uh, oh, okay. Right away. Right, so, so do it you, you months in advance. To a year. Okay. Oh, 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 absolutely. Well, the, the process itself, from a veterinary point of view, and I'm not a vet, but we, I do, we do work with, them, with the vets all the time and we have to go through this process. But from a veterinary point of view and the process required, it is an absolute, it's a minimum from a rabies vaccination to the day you travel of um, approximately seven months. Wow. Right, yeah. okay. So okay. you have to get a, a rabies vaccination, rabies blood test, and from the date the rabies blood test is received at the lab, it's 180 days. So effectively six months from that date to the first day you're allowed to travel. Okay. So, so in other words, what you're saying to me is, you're not bringing Rover on holidays to Australia. If you want to move to Australia, well and good. But you're not bringing him on holidays. (laughs) Absolutely not. People don't bring the, no. No. So what's, by the way, what's the weirdest request you've ever got for an animal? Oh my, wow. Um, well, we, we, I've shipped a lot of animals um, in, in, in our time. I think the weirdest animal I've ever, and, and, and I actually enjoy telling the story, but it was, it was we, we actually shipped a pet frog to, frog. Uh, to the US. <laughs> yeah, a pet frog, yeah. Yeah, okay. this lady, she couldn't live without a pet frog. And yeah, that was, a, that was probably one of the strangest ones. But we've, like, we've, we've flown so many animals, um, like dogs, cats, um, birds, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, snakes, lizards. All sorts of reptiles. Yeah. Um, Cattle. We've done it. We've got cat. Oh no, we don't get into the. We don't get into. We don't the, the livestock. Uh, that you don't do cattle. that. Okay. We don't do. That's very, and we don't do the horses either. That's all very um, specialized. Okay. Um, transport. Um, yeah. Okay. Now the other thing you do, yeah. as well as animals, that's a lot of advice mm. for people going away uh, on holidays, uh, or going away to so. live. Um. If yeah. you're bringing um, human remains, I, I know I don't want to be insensitive yeah. here, right? But it is a problem. No. People die on holidays sometimes mm. or they die abroad. When, when mm. somebody's coming from abroad and they've passed away and they're coming back in a coffin or a box or whatever it is, they, they cut a casket, they come in. Do they have to have a passport? Um, I would imagine so. Now, the, the part that I play in, in regards to the human remains, I would be on the export point. Um, so I would be kind of sending people home. Okay. Um, I don't really get involved in them coming in. Oh, okay. Um, but if you're sending them the, home, do they have lo- to have a passport? Yeah. Uh, they do. They usually have their passports cancelled, yeah. Right, okay. Their ca- passports will be cancelled most of the time by the embassy. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of paperwork involved, yeah. The, the funeral directors that we work with... Um, they, they would get involved. They, they obviously are involved. We work on, on behalf of the funeral directors. They do a lot of the paperwork, which is required for the 
preparing the uh, the remains to be transported and um, and then we, we make the arrangements for the bookings, the flights to, um, to get these people home. Very, I know it's a very difficult time for people when that kind of thing happens, but how common... Common. I mean, like, is it is it a busy business to be travel? You know, to be transporting human remains. In other words, people who come here for a holiday or people who move here and die and have to be shipped back home again to be buried. Is it common? Like, is it once a day? Is it how common is it? Yeah, it's quite common. Yeah, we would have um, you know a couple of week. I, I would say, yeah, 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 it is quite common. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of foreign nationals in in, in Ireland and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they decide, you know, or the family decides, you know, if there is a trial, and like a lot of them would, might be elderly, elderly people who have lived here and they want to go home to be buried, or it's tragic circumstance. A lot of them are tragic circumstances. Yeah. Um, and and they need to be repatriated home. Um, and mm-hmm. um, like. You know, it's to say with everything, somebody has to do it. So, and who um, pays for it, by the way? I mean, yeah. if the families don't have the money, because it can be expensive, I'm sure. Do the Department of Foreign Affairs yeah. pay for some of that? Or I can't answer that question, to be honest. Um, okay. I work with the funeral directors, and the funeral directors would, um, we, you know, the fun- we, we would bill the funeral directors, and that is arranged by them. So um, Okay, so I, they'd have to apply we, we for generally, it. Yeah. It's very rare that I would have to actually deal with the families directly myself. Yeah, and um, because the funeral directors would be dealing with that that end of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very difficult, we, we, and and we, the arrangements that have to be made again without being too insensitive, you know, to putting mm. you know a, a human remains in the hold for well, if it's a long flight, if it's a long haul flight, I suppose there has to be preparations yeah. made in relation to that, isn't there? There has to be. I'm sure there's restrictions and preparations to be made in relation to that if it's long haul. And um, well, not not particularly. I mean, it's. I mean, we. Once the flights are booked, I mean, there's a lot of respect uh, given to um, to the handling and the loading of of a human remains. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to the point that you know where 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 we're checking checking one in, and um, they have to be prepared. Obviously, there's it's it's very difficult to sort of just say it outright as as to the preparation. There's a, a lot of preparation that has to go down, and yeah. the funeral directors have to do all of that. Um, yeah. And um, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of funeral directors in Ireland that that, that I work with, um, and they they have done this before. So the the, the preparation is all done, and it's done very. I know, very I know well. you're not involved in the, the inward, in the inward case, yeah. but I know there was a bit of a hoo ha going yeah, back no. a few years ago, um, when Aer Lingus, who always used to do it for free, for expats who were being brought yeah. home, but then they suddenly started charging. And I know there was a huge hoo-ha yeah. over that, that they, people weren't happy about the fact yeah. that they're charging people. Because I'm assuming you have to, it has to be paid for. I mean, it takes up space. Oh, on the God, plane. yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, none of that happens. Nothing happens for free anymore. No, those um, days are long gone. No, no, nothing happens for free. Um, but, mm. like, the airlines are very uh, considerate. Um, I mean, the likes of live animals and human remains would be classed as priority cargo. So, um, you know, other cargo could be removed in order to uh, accommodate a, yeah. a human remains traveling yeah. home. I but mean, they course. are very considerate in, in that respect. And yeah. I have to say, like, the handling of, of a human remains is always very, um, I, I like to think when I'm handling one. And, you know, because I see them, I meet them at the, the cargo terminal and uh, mm. I 
feed them into the warehouse as well. So we, we, we like to think we do it in the most dignified manner that we can, considering the, the fact that it is travelling as, as manifest mm. cargo, yeah. The other thing your company does, uh, Multicargo Limited, is, now I know mm. you're not involved in the, the bands, um, live tours. Oh, well, I was for a long time. No, we've done, we've done a lot of that work. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of the, the, the music industry. The live animals has kind of taken over my life, to be honest. But yeah. uh, I know, well, I've been around for a long time, so we have done a lot, and we still do a lot of the music industry, all right. Okay, yeah. big names, any big um, names? Um, yeah, uh, well, we, we, we did Garth Brooks last year. I think that's probably one of the biggest gigs we've ever done in our in our mm-hmm. uh, um, careers, yeah. Cause that and they, they would have, like, two and three year, container so. loads full of stuff, wouldn't they? I mean... Oh no, that that was enormous. Last year was enormous. There was I don't know how many containers came in, um, but there was a huge amount. That was the biggest gig ever that we've ever handled. Yeah. Um, you know, and we have done some of the big slaying gigs. We've done it. We've done a lot. Like, um, mm. I don't want to be dropping names, but ah, um, drop a few names. You might as well there. Huge amount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we've, we've done. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, like I know we had the, the Lumineers gear in uh, for for this weekend's gig in in mm. uh, St. Anne's, and that so that was a massive amount of equipment that came in yeah. as well. So my co- my colleague Kieran um, is is actually uh, managing all of that at the moment. So um, I always wondered. I think a yeah, lot of these so bands, the, a lot of these big bands, the big ones, the likes of the Garbuxes of these world of this world, or the, yeah. the big artists, they probably have two or three sets of gear. And essentially, because you often hear, yeah. like a tour, they'll be in the three arena in Dublin tonight and they're in Berlin tomorrow night. And you're going, there's no way they're yeah. going to get all that down back up again in Berlin by tomorrow night. It's just not possible. So I, I'm assuming a lot of them would have two sets of gear or three sets of gear. Yeah, they must. Well, they, what they would possibly use is, uh, par- um, they may not use the full equipment. So you could a lot of like some bands would start say start their tour in Dublin, um, and then once they come in and they clear like even like equipment, music equipment and all that kind of, that that actually requires customs processes and they actually uh, it's called a carney or an ATA carney and that is effectively a, a music industry uh, like it's like a passport for your music equipment, equipment. yeah and it lists. So when it, when a band goes on tour, um, they issue this uh, carnet, uh, an ATA carnet, and they list all the equipment within the carnet. Um, and they can send the, the entire carnet, say, for starting into Dublin. And then maybe they will send only part of it then to, to a smaller gig in London or Munich or wherever. Um, and the rest of it would then be tour trucks to wherever the next gig is after that. So mm. it really depends. But... Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can be, but it is effectively they do travel under uh, their their equipment travels under a passport. Because you imagine if you had to go into co- and deal with customs every every single every time, that'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah. No. Just, yeah. What's in that oh, box? What's in that box? Yeah. Can I see in that box? Give me a look at your exactly. guitar. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. it's essentially like a waiver. Yeah. It's kind of like we trust them. It's a waiver, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, well, no. I mean, it is it is subject to custom scrutiny. So, uh, I mean, if um, when they go into uh, into countries like they they are subject to customs exam. So, okay. um, so they can be randomly can checked. The value of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, and a lot of times they would be fully examined as well. So uh, by customs, make sure that everything on the carney is is as described. Yeah, somebody has sent in a question here, but I don't think you'll know the answer to this one, right? Yeah. I, uh, 
Well, the sure. gra- no, you won't know okay. the answer. I don't think this. I think he's just wondering why is it when he gets stuff delivered to his door? Do sometimes he gets charged VAT and sometimes he doesn't? I would just, I would say to that person, "Thank you, lucky stars. You're not getting charged the VAT all the time because you're meant to be charged." Well, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can actually answer that because I am a customs broker by trade. So well, there you go. Um, you answer that, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if if you buy something from outside the EU uh, over a certain value. And you are subject, your product is subject to 23% VAT. Mm. So if, if you are coming into, uh, if you come in, if you buy something, it comes through the parcel post down in Port Leash, you probably get a letter or um, some advice note that tells you that uh, this product has arrived and you will be subject to 23% VAT. But it's quite yeah. random, isn't it? So I've, I've often got stuff, you know, stuff coming in from China, whatever it is, right? Wish or yeah. whatever you're buying stuff, right? And sometimes you'll be hit with a bill and other times you're just not and it could be exactly the same item. So it's quite random, isn't it? it well, that's, yeah, that's, if it comes, if a lot of it comes through the parts of post. If it was to come by air freight um, or by courier or something like that, um, it would be most likely subject to VAT because we are scrutinised um, mm-hmm. by uh, customs. We, we have to clear everything that comes through Dublin Airport has to be cleared. But uh, in the post, they might let something through but if it goes over a certain value, in most cases, it would be subject to. I remember I had a woman. I had a woman on the radio there. Twenty-three percent. Had a woman on the radio there about two years ago, and she said that her sister had sent a lot of Christmas presents over for the kids, for her kids, for Christmas, and she yeah. got a she got a VAT bill. Uh, and I said, "What? Well, because they obviously valued the stuff, you know, at over a certain amount of money, yeah. even though they were gifts for Christmas for their children." And I thought that was a bit unfair. But I I know it. They're, they're still items. They're still of value, and that's the way the customers look at it, isn't it? It is absolutely like if you if you fill out like your customs form and you de- you declare you know a value of like you know a couple of hundred dollars or a couple of hundred yeah. euros or something like that is it is likely that they would be uh, subject to uh, the taxes. So what what did you say the limit was again? So I'm, t- I'm warning people not to write anything more than that on I'm it. I'm not What's sure it? what the limit is. I'm I'm not sure how the, how the parcel post actually do it, but I I think it's the ones that goes over about a hundred euro or two hundred euro or something like that. But I mean yeah. I think it depends. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. That that they would just charge. I mean, I, that's happened to me as well. And I'm a customs broker. I could have cleared it myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. I I I am a I am a a glutton for the internet buying myself as well. So oh, I think you know, everybody. I think everybody is now. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. look, it's an interesting job. Yeah. You know, cargoing around animals and human remains and animals, including rodents yeah. and birds and zoo animals. Oh, by the way, zoo. I've never asked you about the zoo animals, so I, I'm assuming. But yeah. I get the odd zebra, or chimpanzee, or something like that, or. Um. Done a few. Well, I haven't actually had a chimpanzee. I'd love to get one of them, but we have done a few uh, primates, all right. Um, but we do work in conjunction with the zoos and the, the wildlife parks, um, mm. where they do require our services for customs clearance. And as you mentioned earlier, um, with regards to Brexit, um, some of these um conservation animals who will be um coming in and out, of, uh, you know, for breeding purposes, um, would be coming across and back from uh, the UK zoos. So. They are now subject to, um, you know, obviously Department of Agriculture uh, clearance and customs. So mm. um, we do get involved, like I, we do get involved with doing hand, just handling the paperwork. We don't always see the animals coming through. We just do paperwork, make sure that when they go through the port, um, that the paperwork is correct. Is it stressful for an through. animal? By so, the way, is it stressful for an animal to be in the, you know, the hole? I'm assuming there's not much light in the hole. I don't know. 
what, what the hole is like. But, it, but I mean, the same thing, you know, as yeah. a human, when you're going up, your ears go pop and all that kind of carry on. Do you think it's stressful for an animal yeah. because they don't understand? Um, I Possibly. Yeah. Um, I, I can't deny that. But yeah. um, I find, because I see them I see them being checked in at Dublin Airport, and I, I also, I, I, I get, I, um, I'm lucky enough to... Um, have the pleasure of reuniting families here because we do their customs clearance here and we clear them through Dublin Airport as well. And in a lot of cases, like once you leave, like if you if you leave your house and your dog is at home, Rover, as you mentioned, <laughs> um, if, if you leave your dog at home and you go off to the shop or something like that um, or come back, you know, your dog's probably asleep on the floor. It's much the same if you put them in a crate. Um, if, I always recommend, you know, people... Acclimate their, acclimate their pets to their crate. Yeah. So get the crate early, use the crate, let them sleep in the crate. It becomes their sanctuary. Um. So when you when you put them in the first time, if if it's their shipping on that particular day, and you're just putting them into a crate for the first time ever, they're they're actually going to just look at you and go, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, yeah. in their own in their own special little way. Mm. Um. So, like we, I would always recommend if you can acclimate your your pet to the crate first of all. Um, and then it becomes their sanctuary. So the, once you go, once the, the owners leave, um, because like a lot of times we would let the owners leave when we're checking in the pets, and um, you know the t- the tears have have you know because there's, there's often a bit of crying going on. Of course there is, no, yeah. The, you know, yeah, I can't deny that. Um, and but then the the pets do tend to just they just settle down and they relax. And even when we see them coming in from, uh, from flights coming in as well, and we clear them to customs and we get them out, um, you know, a lot of times they're just, they're just sleeping, you know, and they're, yeah. um, they're they they are quite chilled. Um, mm. And then we get them out, we take them out for a walk, and we let them. Uh, well, obviously, dogs only. We don't take cats out for a walk. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that'd be, we do take that'd be risky. We no, yeah. <laughs> certainly wouldn't do that. No, scary, scary moment. But uh, no, we would. We we always take the dogs out for a walk before, um, you know, before we hand them over. So yeah. We send them off on delivery yeah. or that. But uh, yeah. Mm. So it like they do travel well. Um, is it expensive? You know, by the way, am I, am I allowed to ask you how much it costs? Is it expensive to? to... It is expensive. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that either. Um, I mean, a cargo in, in this day and age is expensive no matter what. Uh, specialised cargo is quite expensive as well. Like, how much would it cost to send Rover? Guess, like, if Rover's going to Spain or Malaga with me, how much would it cost me to bring Rover? Uh, well, if Rover's a small little dog, um, I suppose it would probably cost... You wouldn't get a lot of change one way. I'm just going to stress this one way. You wouldn't get a lot of change that is possibly about... Eight or nine hundred euro. Wow! And then you've got to pay that coming back as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, sorry, I'm Rover's staying at home. There and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not as easy anymore, um, Niall, because it used to be a case where, um, you know, you could take your pet as excess baggage, and you just paid that little extra hundred euro, hundred sixty euro, whatever it was. Yeah, you threw them on um, the conveyor on belt. Yeah, ticket, on top of your ticket, but that's not available anymore. So it's not really for a lot of people. It's not economically viable. Take your pet yeah, now Rover's day. staying at home. That's um, it. Yeah. He's going to he, Rover's yeah, going to a pet my, hotel. My, pet hotel. Uh, my Danny will be staying at home as well. Yeah, there's <laughs> no doubt about it. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it isn't economically viable to take them on holidays for a two week holiday. You know, to Malaga or somewhere like that. It, it really is. No, you've no. got to pay it coming back as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you were going somewhere for six months, like we've got a we we have uh, some clients who might be coming home for the summer and then they'll go, they'll go back in September to US, United Arab Emirates. A lot of people travel over and back and 
yeah. do that and they would their pets come in we clear them in and then we send them back out you know when they're going back out and yeah well that would be worth it if, if you're going for six months or whatever yeah it is for a time like that yeah, yeah it is because okay. they are part of the family you know, oh, no, and know. it's probably cheaper than boarding as well um, yeah. to, to for, oh, for six months um, yeah. yeah absolutely well listen it's been lovely talking it's been very interesting I'm sure it's a really interesting job by the way I'd love to do that for a day well I, I have to say it's, it's never a dull moment no, you know, no so, I would imagine yeah, not yeah <laughs> Irene Greeley, Director of Multicargo Limited. If people want to find them, I'm sure you'll find they have a website. Do you have a website? I'm sure you do have a website. We do, yeah. Um, for the pets, it's, uh, we do have an email. It's pets at multicargo.ie. Um, we do have a website, yeah. We do indeed. Uh, we haven't been very active on social media because it's just been so, so busy over the last couple of... Uh, yeah. Over the last... I think, I, actually, I, I've listened to your conversations about COVID there and like post-COVID, we, I, I've never been as busy as I have been in my life with mm. uh, transporting live animals. And it's not just me, but there's other agents in Dublin as well. So we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think business so is back booming again in the air transport industry and the well, hard industry. Yeah. yeah, well, people... People are moving. People are moving. People yeah. are moving around. Yeah, of course. So, they might have held yeah. off. For, they might have held off for a couple of years, and now they're just all doing it. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of people who who came back to Ireland who can't settle and are then going back to wherever they came from as well. So, I mean, yeah, people are moving. But uh, yeah, pets at multicargo.ie is our uh, email address. So um, okay. Um, I, I hope I've given you some information. Um, pets. But, uh, okay, remember that, everybody. Pets at multicargo.ie. And if you go to the website, I'm sure yeah. they have a website you can go to multicargo. You just Google them. Multicargo. Yeah, multicargo.ie is our yeah. website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Lovely talking to you, Irene. Thank you very much indeed for chatting to us tonight. Thank you, Niall. Appreciate it. Thanks See for you. having Bye. me. Take care. Bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh.